This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sport Pens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show for you. Before we welcome our guest, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. Now, this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents here on the WVSA Digital Network. With us today is Tom Belmaggio, Sports Medicine Program Coordinator, Cabell Huntington Hospital, and Marshall Sports Medicine Institute. Tom, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Now, we're in the middle of the summer season. We have soccer teams that are out there training, out there competing. We still have some club teams that are still within their season. Uh, We have high school teams that are uh, in the middle of some of their summer training, their flex days, uh, and then they'll be beginning uh, beginning next month, uh, starting their preseason training. Colleges will be starting their preseason training. And I figured this was a good opportunity to bring you on the show to talk a little bit about uh, safely training in the sun and in the heat. So why don't we go ahead and dive right into our subject Uh, Talk to us a little bit about how training in the heat and the sun can possibly be problematic for our soccer players this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, anytime in the summer, especially in West Virginia conditions, you have hot, humid, hazy weather. And the first thing you got to make sure you do is properly acclimate these student athletes to the weather. Um, We don't want to go out and completely just kill them in training when they're just you know, getting back to uh, the the preseason and, you know, dealing with these conditions of being hot and hazy so and humid. Um, anytime when it's hot and humid, you got to worry about, well, it makes the body sweat. So you got to worry about um, when they're sweating. If it's more humid, the sweat doesn't evaporate. And that's the easiest way or that's the common way that our body cool, cools down is through sweat evaporation. So the more hot and the more humid it is, our sweat doesn't evaporate, which doesn't cool our body quickly. So that's the main reason that we worry about hot humid conditions. Now, two common problems that we face when dealing with training or playing during the summer season are heat stroke and heat exhaustion. Can you tell us about each one and, and how each one is different? Yeah, absolutely, Marcus. So, you know, heat exhaustion is when, you know, the body gets dehydrated. And you may see the, uh, the athletes start to sweat, uh, some other signs and symptoms. Um, you know, they're, they're very pale. They may become lethargic. Uh, they may, you may see them uh, have balance issues like dizziness. And you could see vomiting. Uh, one of the first steps you may see, though, is muscle cramps. And muscle cramps is kind of our, our first trigger that, hey, they're probably going into dehydration. So when you, when you get into that, you want to immediately cool the body. You want to make sure you have ice and, and water on tap. Start hydrating them slowly. You don't want to hydrate them too slowly because then they're just going to, or too quickly because then they're just going to uh, vomit. But uh, you want to have your ice towels on tap. You want to try to cool the body immediately. Uh, what we prefer, though, is to have an ice tub. And an ice tub, you, you uh, immediately emerge the athlete in this ice tub to cool rapidly. Now, for heat stroke, that's a medical emergency. Again, you got to cool the body immediately, and you got to call 911. 
you got to get your emergency response team on site. But more importantly, you got to cool them quickly because, again, it's a medical emergency. The body is shutting down. You may see signs and symptoms like uh, confusion, dizziness. Uh, you may see like a red, red uh, skin. They may not be sweating. Um, very confused, disoriented, and potentially going unconscious. And I, you know, and it's one of those things where you don't know exactly um, um, what the what the conditions are, but you can kind of see things not looking correct, not looking right with the player. Uh, and that's what coaches, uh, you know, and even parents need to be looking out for. If if some if you see somebody that like a coach, if you see somebody developing these types of symptoms. Uh, you mentioned a couple of things. What, I mean, what should they be doing? Well, well, first off and foremost, there's got to be some education. We got to we got to make sure the, the athletes are properly hydrating. We, we got to make sure they're getting at least ten glasses of water a day, maybe more. But it depends on their sweat rate. So there's actually a formula for sweat rate, and I would uh, advise our listeners to go to the Corey Stringer Institute, and they have a formula there that each individual athlete can calculate their sweat rate. So that's number one. Number two, when they start seeing these signs and symptoms of especially heat stroke, we got to make sure we, we get the body cooled down. And if you don't have an ice tub immersion, you got to make sure you have ice on board. You got to make sure you, you make ice bags and put them in the proper places underneath their armpits, on top of their neck, and in the forehead. Uh, also, ice towels will help. Dip, um, you know, towels and and ice, uh, ice and water. Get it on top of them. Just try to cool that body as quickly and as fast as you can. And I think that's something that our coaches need to really take extra care with. That sometimes I mean we don't think about these things, and that you're just you're out in the heat, and and you don't think that an emergency could end up happening, but it could. Um, you mentioned the ice, you mentioned, you know, having coolers, having uh, an immersion uh, a tub, ice tub, um, towels, things along that lines. Is there any other special things that you can think of that you can give to our coaches that maybe maybe they want? I mean, should we have some sort of shelter out there to, to get them out of the sun, direct sunlight? I mean, what are some other things? Yes, you want to immediately remove them from that type of atmosphere and get them in a cooler place, a shadier place potentially even throw them in a car with air conditioning. Whatever you can do to get them in a cooler place would be the appropriate thing. Uh, what we typically do as athletic trainers, we carry rectal thermometers, so we know exactly what the temperature of the core body is. That way we can properly treat them. Coaches will probably not have those types of instruments. So right. the biggest thing is to, to cool them, hydrate them, and try to just cool them down as quickly as possible. And, and the way we do that is ice immersion or putting ice in the proper places. Yes, our coaches, we need to, we need to take these uh, considerations uh, uh, seriously and, and look to make sure that when we go to the field, you know, we're bringing our cones, we're bringing our balls, we're bringing, you know, pennies, and we're also bringing some of this other stuff and also to just having a plan, which, uh, which I think is extremely important. Now, um, absolutely. And, and, you know, one other thing, when we talk about going to these uh, tournaments or games, we, we really got to watch out for our referees as well, because they may not be properly acclimated like our, our student athletes are. So, you know, we just got to keep an eye on them to make sure, you know, we don't see any 
uh, odd issues, maybe them stumbling or just, you know, uh, you know, as coaches may, may see them make improper calls and argue them, but, you know, uh, you know, they may not be making, uh, you know, proper decisions out there and, and maybe in a state of confusion. So we need to look at that. We want to make sure, you know, we keep our referees healthy too. And I've seen those type of emergencies before where we've had those situations uh, because we don't know what the athletes are doing in their private time as far as properly hydrating. You know, that's a big key of of making sure that you can uh, battle these elements a little bit better. Um, Obviously, we've got players that train on grass and we have players that train on turf. Talk to us the difference between training on both of those surfaces as compared to, you know, the heat of each. Yeah, so if you look at artificial turf, it's made with rubber pellets, and rubber pellets absorb heat. Uh, So, you you know, it's going to be hotter on our artificial turf surfaces than grass. So we, we need to make sure that, you know, if we are training on that artificial substance, that we are hydrating more than if we were training on grass uh also if it if it's a hot day you know a lot of times in west virginia we'll have a quick uh storm that comes through and then it gets wet so that creates extra humidity when it hits that artificial turf you may see steam coming off that turf the higher the humidity is the the harder it is to get our body cooled down just because of sweat evaporation so that's something else to keep in consideration what are some things that players should do to help themselves stay safe when it comes to training and competing in the sun, in the heat, in the humidity? Well, number one, we got to realize that all heat exhaustion, all heat stroke, heat illnesses are preventable. So the way we prevent those is to get properly hydrated. That means drinking water, an isotonic beverage like Gatorade and Powerade. Staying away from all these energy drinks uh, that contain caffeine. Caffeine is a diuretic, and it will dehydrate us. So we want to stay away from caffeinated beverages, energy drinks, teas, coffees, uh, so that we can keep our body properly hydrated. And, of course, you know, players need to make sure that they're using sunscreen, make sure that they're, uh, you know, and also, to one thing, um, I know, and I had this back in the day when I played high school, and it was a different, you know, time back in the 80s, coaching-wise, where coaches would not give you water breaks because you were being punished for something that you did or whatever. But we can't do that today. Just can't. Yeah, absolutely. And coaches need to be aware of what the temperature and humidity is so they can properly uh, keep their athletes hydrated. Uh, and, and actually, I'm going to relate back to the Corey Stringer Institute. It's, it actually, and, and um, the, uh, the Soccer Association, uh, if you look at the National High School uh, Soccer Association, they have their own uh, humidity and heat uh, uh, charts, and they can look on there and it actually has uh, separate regions. And I believe West Virginia is in Region 2, if I'm not mistaken. So they, they recommend certain amount of water breaks to what temperature and humidity it is. So that I think that's important for our coaches to look at, especially as they prepare for practice. Yeah, we need to take care of our athletes. Uh, you know, safety, I mean, obviously co- in coaching, in anything that we do, safety's got to be uh, step one. That's the first thing we got to watch out for. Absolutely, um, and, and especially in August when uh, you know soccer ramps up for our high schools again, and we have preseason, 
going on. And, and uh, you know, like I said, our, our weather in West Virginia is not always predictable. And it can be, you know, uh, high 70s one day, low 80s the next day. And then all of a sudden it jumps up into the hundreds and our heat index is, is in that 90 to 100 range. So, you know, we, we need to be uh, cognizant of that and, and make sure we take the proper steps and, and looking at the, the weather and, and humidity when we're dealing with this. All right, Tom, as we wrap up things here, if you can just give our soccer coaches just one piece of advice to keep their players safe, uh, competing and training out in the sun and the heat, what would that be? I think hydration is the, the important key here. And also knowing your athletes, uh, as we get through practice and, and, you know, observe our athletes, let's just, you know, make sure there, there's not any uh, confusion or uh, they're not displaying uh, symptoms as, as being lethargic. Um, again, make sure we're hydrating them. Uh, make sure they're just, there's, you don't see anything, ab, uh, any abnormalities while they're out there practicing. I think most of our coaches know our athletes and they know what they look like on a daily basis. And, and the last thing is let's make sure we properly acclimate them to the weather. We just don't want to go out on the first day of preseason and completely kill them without giving them, giving them proper uh, water breaks and, and hydration. And, you know, we need to adjust our training around it. We don't, we don't want to have such a high intensity level that, that they're not used to and they're not acclimated to because that could pose uh, potential dangers. That's great advice. Great advice, Tom. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming on the show today to talk to us a little bit about uh, how our coaches can keep our players safe during the summer season. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Tom Belmaggio, Sports Medicine Program Coordinator, Cabell Huntington Hospital, Marshall Sports Medicine Institute. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Thank you so much. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program here on the WVSA Digital Network. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media platforms at WV Soccer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.